Uh, You can turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to be there in just a moment. We're continuing in our series in the book of Proverbs as we look at timeless wisdom. Uh, There are so many great wisdom principles that we can take from the book of Proverbs that are so relevant and important for us as we seek to navigate uh, this world we find ourselves living in even today. And so uh, we have selected various passages and various topics for uh, discussion through the book of Proverbs. And today we're looking at the area of parenting. Parenting. I remember a little over 13 years ago the terror that gripped my heart that first day that my wife Shoshana and I left the hospital with our daughter Ella for the very first time. Uh, We were there together, had nurses and doctors that were caring for Shoshana and caring for Ella, the baby, and and it came time for us to have to leave the hospital, and they wheeled Shoshana out in a wheelchair. She had a C-section, and we were there for a couple extra days, and then they wheeled her out in the wheelchair with the baby on her lap, and Ella was there, and I'm there, and then they just kind of let us off, and we had to get into the van and put the car seat into the van, the, the infant carrier, and get in the van and drive home, and it was just us. And uh, it was a terrifying thing, i got to be honest with you. Uh, part, of, part of me wanted a doctor or nurse to like jump in the van with us and go home for a few days so they could kind of inform us and tell us what we were supposed to do. And I remember going home, and every sniffle, every cry, every whimper, every movement that first night uh, through the baby monitor that we could hear alarmed us. And I don't know how many times that first night that we went into her room to check on her to make sure she was okay, no matter what sound was made. But it was a really difficult, trying, fearful time for us as first-time parents trying to understand and navigate that role of being a parent and caring for our daughter. We had never done this before. Uh, We had no idea what we were doing. We had all kinds of people giving us instruction and suggestions, and we had all kinds of encouragement and people there for us and all of these encouraging words. But bottom line is when you find yourself with this little human being in your arms that is completely helpless without you, there is a weight of responsibility on your shoulders that you do not take lightly, and it is a fearful thing when you're first starting off there. I remember that first baby with Ella, uh, everything was a little bit different with her than it is with our fourth now. Um, That, you know, anything that Ella had, that toy she was playing with or whatever, that was dropped. I mean, that thing's getting sanitized. That thing's getting clean. Now, I don't know what all Leah has put in her mouth from like toys and stuff. Uh, But you, you get to the point where eventually you're at this point where you feel a little bit more comfortable with that role of parenting. But parenting is not always easy. Maybe you're a parent today. Maybe you hope one day to be one. Maybe you are a veteran. Your kids are gone. They're out of the house. You've raised them and they are no longer with you. Whether you are a parent, anticipate being a parent, or if you are simply a child of God here today who desires to have influence, desires to have influence in the lives of others that are watching you, I believe what we're going to share this morning from the book of Proverbs would be very relevant for you. Uh, If you go to Amazon and you type in on Amazon parenting books, there are over 50,000 results if you typed it into Amazon. For parenting books, over 50,000 results. If you look for parenting seminars, parenting instruction, parenting tips, there are more than you could possibly imagine that you could possibly navigate through uh, if you Google any of those things. Uh, Ray Romano, who is an actor, comedian, said this, everyone should have kids. 
They're the greatest joy in the world, but they are also terrorists. You'll realize this as soon as they're born and they start using sleep deprivation to break you, is what he says. Jim Gaffigan, who is an actor and comedian, said, I don't know what's more exhausting about parenting, the getting up early or acting like you know what you're doing. John Eldridge, who's written a number of books about parenting and and shepherding, he says, the balancing act we parents attempt is convincing our children, number one, that you are loved more than you can imagine, and number two, that the world does not revolve around you. Paul David Tripp, a couple quotes from him, says, God didn't give you your children to build your reputation, but to publicly proclaim his. And he also said, in every moment when you are parenting, you are being parented. In every moment when you are called to give grace, you are being given grace. In every moment when you are rescuing and protecting your children, you are being rescued and protected. In every moment when you feel alone, you are anything but alone because he goes wherever you go. I want you to be encouraged today as parents or those that are anticipating being parents or simply as believers that are desiring to have influence in the lives of others that are watching and looking at you or looking up to you in your example that you are not alone in your desire to influence, to parent, and to lead. Our God is with us. I want to make this statement that I think is very important for us to understand as we begin. Proper parenting, proper leading as a follower of Jesus Christ will always have its foundation in the Word of God, its dependence on the presence of God, and its goal, the glory of God. Let me say that again. Proper parenting, proper leading as a follower of Jesus Christ will always have its foundation in the word of God, its dependence on the presence of God, and its goal, the glory of God. Um, You need to understand today, parents, and, and I need to understand this as well, God's desire for you and I as parents or those that anticipating parenting well or even influencing leading well is not that we would just be awesome parents or awesome leaders. He wants us to be faithful parents and faithful leaders. He wants us to stand on the word of God, depend on the presence of God, and ultimately set as the goal, the glory of God. Whether we're parenting or leading, that is the goal, is to glorify our God. Now, the foundation of parenting that honors God is going to be in the word of God. All the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you've heard these verses before on a Sunday morning when we've read them. Uh, you've, you've probably have heard them or seen them on signs or posters. If you've not, listen to these words. This talks about the authority and necessity of the word of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God took seriously and takes seriously the authority of the word of God as parents in our teaching and leading our children. God takes seriously and and values so deeply and greatly the authority of the word of God for every believer in Christ that desires to have influence in those that are watching, to a watching world. Our foundation must be God's word if we're going to parent in a way that is going to honor God, if we're going to influence and lead in a way that is honoring God. Parenting devoid of the word of God, whereas it might seem 
like it's healthy, beneficial, and good can never be what it will be when the word of God is our foundation. We need to understand as parents today, as anyone that's a believer today, if you're desiring to have influence in anyone's life, that the foundation must be God's word. Turn in Proverbs chapter 1. I want to begin by giving a little bit of context to some of the words that Solomon's going to write in Proverbs 1. And I want to begin right in verse 1 and just read right through to verse 16. Listen to what he says. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Solomon begins by this understanding of the necessity of wisdom, of the necessity of understanding and having knowledge and wisdom, of understanding the reality of the truths that wisdom offers and the necessity of getting wisdom, of understanding righteousness and justice and equity and prudence and knowledge and discretion. All of those things are benefits that come from our understanding and knowledge and study and then living out the word of God in our lives. And he begins there and he begins by telling his son, listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. It is the fool, no matter how old you or I are, no matter how young or old that we are, it is the fool that despises wisdom and instruction. Listen, today, if you and I do not value God's word, if we are not in the word of God, valuing the word of God, studying the word of God, seeking to implement and live out the word of God in our lives, if we are not holding God's word in such high regard in our daily living and instruction as parents to our children, as believers following Christ, then the word of God tells us that we are fools because we're despising wisdom and instruction. And so we are sometimes so quick, aren't we, to like dive in after other wisdom sources and other sources of instruction and knowledge. But when was the last time truly as parents as leaders, as those that are having influence, that we have said, man, I need first and foremost to have the foundation of the word of God in my life. He goes on, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us for us, Let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Solomon is laying a foundation at the very beginning of the book of Proverbs for his son and wanting him to understand and recognize the necessity of the instruction of wisdom and the word of God, of the fool that would want nothing to do with wise counsel or wise living, and of the dangers that come when there is the pursuing of that which displeases God. Now, if we were to go through the entirety of the book of Proverbs, we would be here for a very long time if we pulled everything out of there as it relates to instruction about parenting. 
Um, one week is not sufficient to do that. And so we could give countless, again, 50,000 parenting books on Amazon that are written. There are all kinds of things that we can talk about when it comes to parenting. But this morning, uh, really to try to keep things somewhat simple and and, and memorable, I'm just going to give you five challenges. There are five words that are five challenges as we seek to parent in a way, if you're a parent, to honor God. And if you're just a believer in Christ today and you don't have children, that you want to lead others well, If you want to have influence in the lives of those that are watching you, which people are watching you as a follower of Christ. These are five challenges I believe every one of us can take as it relates to our relationship with Christ and seeking to please him. So five words, which are five challenges. Number one, lead. Say that with me. Lead. As a parent, you and I have a responsibility to lead our children well. Lead. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you also have a calling on your life to lead well as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Now, oftentimes when we think about leadership, fear might grip your heart if that's something you're not naturally gifted in or something you don't naturally kind of desire or go after. There are some people who are like, hey, listen, if I never have to lead anyone my entire life, count me as someone who will be the happiest person in the world. I don't want to be up in front of people. I don't want to have to instruct people. I don't want to have to teach people. I just want to go about living my life. And I don't care if anybody follows me or not. Well, that's fine if you want to think that way, but that would be contrary to what God's word has said to every follower of Jesus Christ. Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you are a representative of Christ. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And what comes with that is this expectation of leadership. Now, some are gifted with leadership. Some have a more prevalent gift of leadership. Some have a platform of leadership that is greater than others, but every follower of Christ has been called to lead. In some capacity. And if you're a parent today, I want you to understand that you are in a role, I am in a role, where God has put us in a position to lead. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, very familiar passage says this, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is a wisdom principle. This is not a foolproof guarantee that every person who trains their child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. They will be exactly as you've instructed them. We know that not to be true. Proverbs are wisdom principles. They're general truths that if you do this, then it is generally true that this will be the result. Certainly there are examples of parents, many examples, who have trained their children in God's word, who have diligently taught their children, and their children have decided they're not following Christ. They're not going down that path. They're rebelling against God. This is a generally true statement, though, that if you train up your child in the way that he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. There is a calling on the life of the parent to lead their children, to lead well. Jesus would tell his followers, follow me, my leadership. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus was telling his disciples, if you follow after me, if you follow me, if you're following after me and following my example and doing as I do and and seeing what I say and implementing that in your life, if you do these things, then there will be a result from it. I will make you fishers of men. Men, there'll be a result. The same is true when it comes to parenting our children. If we are leading them well, there should be an expected result that will follow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul the Apostle would call on believers to follow him as he followed Christ. So again, even in a non-parenting point of view, in a non-parenting role, if you are a follower of Christ, if you follow Jesus, there should be a desire and there should be the ability to say to a watching world, 
Follow me as I follow Christ. It's a calling that God has put in the life of every believer, and it's a calling that God has put in the life of parents and teaching and training their children. You know, it's one of the cutest things is when you have young kids and you're doing an activity, you're doing something, and you're noticing that they're mimicking everything that you're doing, but they don't know you see them doing it. Uh, So for example, if you're at dinner and you're eating dinner and you have a a knife and fork and you're cutting something up, they'll take their utensils or if they only have a fork, they'll pretend like they have a knife and they'll act like they're cutting it just like you did. And and if you're taking a bite, they take a bite. And if you're chewing a certain way, they chew a certain way. And and if you pause, you know, it's fun to do that, like play a little bit where you'll pause and they'll pause. And and you can see they're mimicking everything that you're doing. Uh, when you teach your kids, like, you know, the, the way to wash their hands and to, to put the soap all over the hands and rinse it off or brush their teeth, and they watch as you instruct and as you lead them, it's the cutest thing to see that they're just watching every single thing that you do because they want to do it exactly as you're doing it. Uh, we understand those things. We understand what it means to lead our children as it relates to their understanding of proper hygiene, hopefully, in brushing their teeth or, or taking a shower or combing their hair if they have any or, or, or doing those kind of things that we would expect on a day-in and day-out basis they need to understand and they need to do. But I wonder, when was the last time that it was that same diligence and that same commitment level that you and I had as parents as it relates to leading them in the things of the Lord? And it relates to leading them as it relates to their spiritual care as it relates to leading them in their relationship with Christ, what it means to honor the Lord, what it means to grow in the Lord, what it means to instruct them in the things of God. We have been given an awesome responsibility, parents, to lead well. We've been given an awesome responsibility as followers of Christ to lead others in a manner that glorifies God and that demonstrates Christ in our living. Someone's leading them. If you have children today, someone is leading your kids. Someone's leading my kids. And there are plenty of people who have no problem taking that task on and leading them, whether in a good or evil way. Social media is not afraid to lead them. The media is not afraid to lead them. Their friends are not afraid to lead them. Why are parents so often afraid to lead the children well? It's what we've been called to. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. There is responsibility and work that we are to be diligently engaged in. We're to be leading as parents. This is not something to take lightly. It's not something to be soft on. I can guarantee you, as much as you might not think you know about parenting, your children know less than you do about parenting. And so let's lead them. Let's lead them well. Lead. Secondly, instruct. Instruct. We have a responsibility as parents not only to lead our children, we have a responsibility not only as believers to lead others as we follow Christ, but also we have the responsibility to instruct. We already read in Proverbs chapter 1 where he says in verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Later on in chapter 6, he would say almost the same thing. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. There is a given responsibility, and it's almost a given that instruction should be happening on the part of parents to their kids. 
You see, Solomon's calling on his son, saying, listen, don't forsake the instruction that you've received from your dad, from your father. Don't leave the teaching of your mother. That instruction's happening. It should be happening in our homes. And listen, here's the reality. Whether we want to admit it or not, or recognize it or not, there is either purposeful instruction happening in our home, or there is instruction happening that we're unaware of, but instruction is happening. In some capacity, We're instructing our kids, either on purpose or on accident. They're receiving instruction. And we need to be diligent about the proper instruction they should be receiving as parents. And we need to be diligent as representatives of Christ and the instruction that we're given to a watching world who's examining our testimony and walk and our words and our actions as those that claim to have relationship with Jesus. There are so many teachable moments as parents, aren't there? So many teachable moments. So many opportunities for us to be able to give right instruction that's in accordance with God's word. So many times that we have those opportunities. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I fail at that. And I know that you would echo that there's times that we fail as parents in giving the proper instruction in correlation with God's word to the instruction that we're giving to our kids. There's been so many times when when I can think of that the kids have brought up something that's happened at school or something that they have a question about, and I'm thinking, man, this would be a great opportunity to share with them this passage from the Bible. And, and instead, it's just easier to just be like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, honey, or don't. Like, no, God has given us opportunities to give instruction to our children in the Word of God, so let us take those opportunities when they come. We need to understand that we won't always get everything right. We as parents won't always have the right words to speak, We won't always have the appropriate attitude every time, but we have the responsibility. And listen, as a follower of Christ, some of the top reasons followers of Jesus do not share the gospel have to do with fear of rejection. They have to do with fear of not knowing enough or not being able to answer questions when they're given or the fear of their hypocrisy in that what they're proclaiming and saying doesn't match with what they know the individual sees them living. Those same things are true for parents, aren't they? That when we seek to instruct our kids or teach or lead our kids, it is very difficult to give instruction on a matter that we know our kids know we're guilty of. It's very difficult to give instruction to our children to teach them something from God's word that very clearly we ourselves are not following in our own lives. We're going to fail. We're going to have times where we fail and we don't get everything right, but that does not negate the responsibility that's there for us. And thankfully, we have a forgiving God who is gracious to us. We have a loving, heavenly Father who cares for us. We'll talk about that in a moment when it comes to correction. In Ephesians 6.4, Paul the Apostle wrote, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We have been called to bring up our children in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. It's very clear. It's very clear that that responsibility is on our shoulders. Our kids should have proper instruction, proper teaching from mom and dad so that they have something to keep and remember. Even as the writer says in Proverbs 6.20, remember, remember that instruction. Even as we read earlier in Deuteronomy 6, that we are to teach these things diligently to our children and talk of them always. At all times, there should be that proper instruction. I remember when two of our girls first started playing softball and they didn't know how to do anything as it relates to softball. And so before the practices would come, we'd go out in the yard 
They'd have their gloves, and I would be teaching them the proper way, at least according to me, proper way, to, to catch a ball, right? The proper way to hold their glove, the proper way to secure the ball when it was, when it was caught, the proper way to step and to throw, the proper way to, to swing when the ball would come. I probably gave them wrong instruction. That's why maybe they, they didn't do as well. But uh, I tried as best as I could to give them proper instruction in teaching as it relates to their softball. I would spend hours with them. Hours, literally hours with them out in the yard practicing throwing, practicing fielding ground balls, practicing keeping their eye on the ball and hitting the ball properly, practicing the proper way to do all of these things hour after hour after hour. Why? It was something that I enjoyed. It was something they enjoyed. It was something that they had fun doing. And we wanted to see them do well and succeed and, and, and have a proper way to go about doing it. We get that as parents. We spend hours with our kids instructing them in all kinds of things. How much time do we truly spend instructing our children in the things of God? How much time do we truly invest in our children's relationship with Christ, in their knowing who Christ is, in their knowing and understanding the word of God? How much value do we truly place on something that is the most valuable thing that they could possibly need instruction in? That's not always easy as parents, but it's an absolute necessity as parents. Solomon instructs his son in Proverbs 1-7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do we get that? Do we truly believe that today? Do we instruct our children as the psalmist did when he instructs the believer that if we hide God's word in our heart, we will not sin against God as Paul did to walk in the spirit that we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh? Do we instruct them even as Christ instructed his followers, as he instructed a watching world that he alone is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father but through him? We have the responsibility and the highest privilege as parents to instruct our children in the word of God. So let us instruct them well. You and I have the highest responsibility as a follower of Christ to be regularly, boldly, consistently, faithfully giving with proclamation the truth of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that is lost without him. That's an investment we must be willing to make. And it's an investment we must not take lightly and one that we must be diligent about. So instruct, lead, instruct. Number three, model, model. This is something that can be so difficult. <laughs> it's something that we can be just terrified of. You've maybe heard the statement, uh, do as I say, not as I do. How many of you have ever heard that statement before? Do as I say, not as I do. And maybe you've been guilty. I've been guilty of this, of saying one thing, and then what we're doing, it doesn't really like match up to that. Like, well, don't, don't look at what I'm doing. Just remember what I said. That cannot and should not be the saying that parents go by with their children. Instead, we must model Christ's likeness to them. As a follower of Christ, you and I are called to model Christ, to be like him. Proverbs 27, this is an incredible verse, says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. The one that is walking in his integrity, the one that is modeling in living for his children what God has called us to model is one whose children will be blessed. 
They're blessed because of the example that they see, the instruction that they've received. When was the last time we really took a hard look and asked the question as parents, what are our children seeing modeled for them on a daily basis? What are they hearing? What are they seeing? What are they listening to? What are we representing to them as parents? When was the last time as a follower of Christ that you've asked that question of your own life, of your own testimony before a watching world that is lost? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? What kind of model are they seeing? Our kids need to see a Christ-like model in the home, and they need to see our faith on display. They need to see the instruction that we've given to them in action. They need to see authenticity. Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said, Be imitators of God as dear children, just as we are to be imitating our Heavenly Father. Our children should be able to see in us as parents a model that they can follow after and that they can imitate because we follow Christ. You know, a lot of times our children will give us the benefit of the doubt and they'll, they'll maybe think of us even more highly than they should. I've shared this a couple years ago, um, but I think it's so relevant for this about times that we fail as parents. I remember, some of you will remember the story where we were driving to church and the kids were in the back seat and I was on the way and I was kind of in a rush. I was a little bit in a hurry and uh, I get, you know, I, not a lot of things get me frustrated or like angry, but like incompetent driving really does, like that gets to me. Uh, people who don't know how to drive according to me. And so we were driving to the church and the kids are in the back and we're in a rush and, and it felt like that was the day the Lord was like wanting to teach me patience and long-suffering because every person who did not know how to drive was in front of me that day. Uh, you know, every person. Uh, the people who are quick to like turn in front of you because they're in a hurry only to go like 20 miles under the speed limit. I'm like, what was the importance of pulling out in front of me if you're going to go that slow? Um, that's the kind of day it was driving to the church, going to church, by the way, uh, to worship God, and we're at a stoplight. The light turns green, and I wait, and the person's not going. Green means go, right? If you don't know that, if you're driving, the light turns green, that means you're supposed to go. Not wait, not pause, not, hmm, go when the light turns green. So we're standing there, and I'm already a little bit frustrated, or sitting there, I'm a little frustrated, and the light turns green, and so I yell out, to the driver in front of me who could not hear me, by the way, but I knew that, but it didn't matter. I just needed to get it out. And I said, it's green, go! Like, that's what I said, okay? Um, Funny, now, then, my kids are in the back seat. Uh, I said, it's green, go. And after I said it, the person went, and I was like, finally! Like, you know, and I'm, and I'm driving, and my daughter in the back seat says to me, Daddy, that was so nice and kind of you to let that person know the light turned green and they were able to go. You know, talk about the instant conviction of the Spirit of God that comes on your heart. I'm thinking in my mind, like, honey, Daddy was not trying to be nice in saying that, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, honey, sometimes people need to know, you know. It's just, but my daughter, like, dawned on me, like, man, my daughter thinks pretty highly of me that even when I'm yelling at someone to go when the light's green, it has to be because I'm caring for them. It has to be because I want them to be informed of something they don't know. And so kind of me to do that. Man, it was convicting. It was convicting for me, and it was convicting for me to, and a reminder for me of, man, my kids are watching. My kids are listening. Now, I got to be honest with you. I didn't take the moment to tell her, like, that's not what daddy meant. I just let her go on believing that that's what I was doing, okay? And uh, maybe I need to repent of that. But that was something that I I just let her believe that. But I remember thinking in my mind, I want to live up to the expectation that I'm honoring Christ 
and honoring God and caring for others and loving others through the eyes of my children with the things that I'm doing and the actions I take and the words that I speak. And not because I want to do it for my kids, but because I want to glorify my God. And so we need to model that. We need to live that for them to see. We need to always be on our guard in modeling Christ to watching eyes. And again, that isn't only in the realm of parenting. That's in the realm of testimony as a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you and I, as followers of Christ, are representatives of Jesus. Number four is the word discipline. We need to be willing to discipline our kids. Proverbs 13, 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but whoever loves him is diligent to discipline him. This is the one area of these challenges, I believe, that uh, are pretty specific with parents. It's tough if you're a follower of Christ and you have influence over people to always be looking at opportunities to discipline them. You're not really called to do that. But as a parent, we are called to this with our children. And understand that no type of discipline of our children should ever be done through anger or through selfishness or through a desire to be proven right or a desire to make ourselves look good. That's not why we discipline our children. We discipline our children as a means of instruction. We discipline our children out of love for our children and hope that it will be that which will offer correction so that they too might honor God. I remember when I was in elementary school, I didn't know the Lord at the time. I was in elementary school. I had some buddies over. We were probably playing like war uh, all throughout the neighborhood. And I remember I had a neighbor who was a teenager that she would always want to play the maturity role on us kids and always like look down on us. And I was fed up with her one day. And I remember I went over to her in front of my friends and I just cussed her out uh, that day. I was in elementary school. Said some, some words that I can't repeat here. And I thought, ha! And my friends all were like, that's so awesome. Like they were so like excited that I did that. And I felt pretty good about myself until she walked over to my house to tell my dad what I just did. And I, I hid. I was like, oh, no, I hid. Now, my dad had one of those voices that I didn't, it didn't matter if I was four blocks down the road. When he would go on the front porch and yell for me, I was coming running. Like I heard him from blocks away. It didn't matter where I was in the neighborhood. And so he came out and he yelled for me. And I came running up to the front porch, and he was like, you tell your buddies they need to go home. You got to go in the backyard, and I want you to grab a stick. And uh, I, remember, I remember that. And I remember my buddies left, and I remember that uh, my dad was, was giving me loving discipline that day. And I can tell you that I never again swore at my neighbor from that day forward. Um, that was a time of correction in my life that I never again swore at my neighbor. Now, I can tell you, my dad and I are like best friends to this day. There was never a time that my dad offered discipline for me as his child that severed a relationship or I ever wondered that did my dad do this because he was angry at me or hated me or wanted to hurt me. He never did. He did it out of love and out of care and kindness and instruction for me. And the word of God tells us as parents, we need to be willing to discipline our children in a way that honors God that is for their benefit and their good so that we can help to correct them, which is for the glory of God. Hebrews chapter 12, if you have a chance to read Hebrews chapter 12, speaks about the disciplining hand of God that as a loving heavenly father disciplines his children. So is true that the earthly father disciplines his son, the children whom he loves. And if there's no discipline, there's the absence of legitimacy of the parent over the child. Because the one that is loved by their father or mother is being disciplined by them for their good. Again, this is never an excuse out of anger 
out of a desire to be correct, out of a desire to make oneself look like the authority or look good that we discipline our children. This is out of love and a desire to steer them in a direction that would please God, that discipline must be had. Proverbs tells us this, the one that spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. That might look different for every kid. As a parent, you know how your children respond to discipline, and it might be different means of discipline depending on the child. But we do it in a way that honors God, that is before the Lord, and that helps to steer them and instruct them. Discipline. Number five, last word is the word warn. Warn. My son, he says, verse 10 of chapter 1, if sinners entice you, do not consent. As parents, we need to warn our children of the temptation of sin. We need to warn them of the temporary satisfaction that sin offers. We need to warn them of the ways of the enemy. We need to warn them of the ways of the world. But listen, as parents, we need to warn them of the wrath of Almighty God that is coming. As a parent to four children, four girls, I have a sober responsibility to share with my girls that the wages of sin is death. I have a responsibility to share with my girls that there's none righteous, that the wrath of Almighty God is real, that hell, that the lake of fire is eternal. I have a responsibility to diligently teach my children and warn them of the wrath that is to come. I have a diligent responsibility, you do as parents, to not only warn our children of the wrath that is to come, but to instruct them in understanding that there is a way of salvation through Jesus Christ. That if they are to repent and believe the gospel, they can be forgiven. That if they would confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in their heart God raised him from the dead, they can be saved. That if they would call out to the Lord, he will hear them. We need to warn them of the destructive effects of sin and what sin ultimately results in. But we need to properly instruct them of the forgiveness that is offered through Jesus Christ. These are not light matters, parents. These are not light matters as followers of Christ to a watching world. We need to be willing to lead, to instruct, to model, to discipline, and to warn. Understanding, again, Proper parenting, proper leading as a follower of Jesus Christ will always have its foundation in the word of God, its dependence on the presence of God, and its goal, the glory of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that we receive from your word, Lord. I pray that you would help each one of us in this room that are parents to parent our children well and in a way that honors you. Father, I pray that you would help every one of us as followers of Christ today to lead others well, that we'd be faithfully representing Christ to a world that is watching so that you might be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.